Okay, well, listen, I'll call ahead to the cafeteria and make a couple of reservations, you know, two by the window. Sure. Oh, well, no, you don't like to see the sun. Okay, something else. Uh, listen, may I admire you again today? Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? It's a show where we talk about movies and specifically, we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host Travis, aka TV's Travis, and this is episode 174. And our movie this week is 1986's Pretty in Pink. Joining me to talk about it from Made You Watch, a podcast, I have Adam and Melanie. How are you doing today? Very good. good. Nice to meet you. Uh, my laptop is running. I apologize. It's my fault that we're late. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> so, all right. Neither of you had seen this movie before, correct? Correct. Well, this was one of my, like, I'm going through my letterbox and I just realized, like, oh, this is in my John Hughes. Like, I have not seen this yet. And I did not realize he didn't direct this. Yeah. I so he, I thought he directed it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that. It was not directed. It was written by John Hughes, not directed by him. So I had. Yeah. I am almost positive that at some point in my life I have seen this movie. But watching it, I was conflating so much with 16 Candles. And. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of trouble separating them. Yeah, I've definitely seen 16 Candles multiple times. So I'm now not sure if I had seen Pretty in Pink before this week or not. Um, But I've now seen it. And yeah, that was one of the first things that I noticed was it was not directed by John Hughes. It was written by him. It was directed by Howard Deutsch. Um, Howard Deutsch, who had directed... Actually, this was his first film uh, that he ever directed. And he went on to direct two more John Hughes scripts over the next two years. 1987, he did Some Kind of Wonderful. In 1988, he directed one of my favorite movies, The Great Outdoors, which was also written by John Hughes, which is, if you haven't seen that before, it is a wonderful screwball comedy with John Candy and Dan, um, Dan Aykroyd. And I, still to this day, uh, I will quote things like The Bald-Headed Bear and... The old 96er? The old 96er. If I go to a steakhouse, <laughs> I got I to gotta look on the menu and see if they got one. Um, oh, we're like, going to do this show I went at home some and point. I mentioned that, um, <laughs> and I would probably watch it, like, oh, this, this, and this were lines that I have heard in my childhood. If you, <laughs> you said John John Candy and, and Dan Aykroyd? Yep. I've almost certainly seen it and just not, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It, you remember it was... the bald bear? <laughs> Mm-mm. No. Yeah, it was it was one of those movies that ran on TV a lot in the '90s, especially. I am that if the second I see a scene from this, I will know what it is. So yeah, that those were also Howard Deutsch films, and yeah, I was with you, Adam. I thought for sure this was a John Hughes directed uh, movie, but it wasn't. Um, All right, so I want to start with Melanie. So you hadn't seen this before. What did you uh, were you familiar with it? Um, Are you are you a John Hughes fan? Uh, at all you know, I really like a breakfast club when I was actually when I was a senior in high school my friends and I well my one friend and I we wrote a play uh to be performed at the end of the year that was like kind of loosely based on like we were like our we were like this is our 2014 answer to a breakfast club um I really like that one um and I've seen 16 candles a bunch and I was like eh, on 16 candles but generally I, I like his movies he kind of reminds me of like 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 if if there was a, a, what's his name? It's not Hank Green. Uh, John Green of his own day or something like that. Like okay. those movies. Sure. 
Uh, Adam, what about you? What was your what was your history with uh, I, this movie? Um, with this movie, I have no history other than all I knew about it was everyone was mad about the ending back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was the bone of contention I always remembered was they had to do basically an alternate ending because she ends up with Ducky originally, mm-hmm. and people hated it. And they were like, no, she should end up with the good-looking guy because it's the 80s and he's got money. And they they rewrote it. And and that was literally all I knew about it. Okay. That was that was pretty much it. All right. So what what how what did you think of this movie after watching it? I I I liked it. I thought I was amazed at how adult all these high school kids are they're going to bars they're drinking smoking like just doing the shit i did in college and getting away with it it was absolutely amazing clubs for children yeah Yeah. that that's what i i found so fun about it was just this like teenagers don't act like this like maybe i mean i was born in 79 and i remember you know the 80s pretty well but I don't remember like my brother getting away with this much stuff, you know. So much smoking too. That was the thing. Like, oh. I understand. Oh, just like one. Yeah. Throw and, it on the ground. And like, I I get a movie before, like pre ninety three ninety four. A lot of movies had a lot more smoking than they do now. Oh. Um, yeah. Which okay, I understand that. But these are high school kids, and they're just smoking in the school. Like the one girl's just yeah. just on the mats in the gym class, just puffing away. And, and was that a joint or was it a cigarette? Because I was re- I watched this twice today, <laughs> and I was really not sure if she was smoking a joint in that gym. And if she was, point, more power to her. Jeff yeah. was rolling a joint in like his father's office or something with what looked like terrible, terrible weed. Yes. Oh, James Bader? Yes, yeah. Oh, that weed was ugly. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just couldn't believe how much smoking was happening just in, and it wasn't like, you know, in the math, in the bathroom, sort of the trope of like smoking in the boys room or smoking in the girls room. It was just like James Spader's just sitting in the hallway smoking and just puts it out. And he'll take one puff, he'll throw it on the ground. Yeah. And even when they get into a fight at one point, the teachers don't do anything. They break it up and let them walk away and spit (laughs) blood on the floor. And I'm like, no one's getting in trouble. It's kid school. Rock. (laughs) Yeah, that is that is a thing in John Hughes movies I have found is like if it's centered around teenagers, adults either just don't exist or are completely useless. Oh, yeah. I and, mean, the principal in Breakfast Club, exactly. Yeah. John, and, like John Mulaney has bits like this, which leads me to believe that the lady, the 80s was just like lawless for children legitimately. Like it was just like, ah, go run wild. We'll see you at dinner time. Don't get hit by a car. I mean, <laughs> to an extent, that's not that far off. Like. I have lights come on. I have plenty of memories of of just like leaving the house in the morning and coming home around dusk, and my parents just being like, "Did you have a good day?" And they had no clue where I was for most of that day. Oh yeah, I, so, I, I I'm in the same boat. You're young, Mel. You're young. We got away with a lot of stuff back in the day. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to walk until, to my elementary school, which was up the street until I was like nine. Wow. Oh, man. I, I, was, I was walking myself to school by like that, seven. Yeah. It would have made my mother's life easier, but no. No, 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 no. It was not safe. It was, uh, it was a different time. Whether that's good or bad is up for debate, but it was definitely a different time. 
It um, is interesting. <laughs> interesting is a good way to put it too. I, I think it's also in, like the way that John Hughes writes characters. You're right. These are the most adult sounding and acting teenagers. Like Andy is, you know, simultaneously calling out Ducky for kind of um, not not applying himself, like trying to sabotage, self-sabotage, while also doing the same thing to her father. Being like, you didn't go to that job interview because you didn't want to, because you're you're complacent where you are. Like, she's just, I don't know, she's like almost almost maternal. Get her. Well, you're yeah. parenting but, her own father. Yeah. Which is, you know, uh, that happens in a lot of the, the Hughes movies as well. Um, but I found that interesting. I had I'd completely forgotten about that. I also, I, again, I was conflating this so much with 16 Candles, so I kept waiting for that turn, that moment where, um, where Blaine shows his true colors and he's not the nice guy that he's pretending to be. And, and you know, that's why she ends up with Ducky and they never did that. Blaine's actually just a decent guy. Who wouldn't even yeah, know he's kind of just like kid. a golden retriever. He, just, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't know what's going on. That's a great way to put I that. Mean, yeah. He is. A, he is basically a dog. I mean, he, he, he's just, he shows up and does what he has to do. And he's, He's the least interesting character in this movie. Oh, by in far. my opinion. Like, oh my, oh god. my god, he's so boring. He's so he's, like, boring. why would you want to like Ducky? I loved Ducky. Oh, I, I knew nobody were... surprised. I knew you were gonna love Ducky. Like, kind of his bisexual energy that he didn't know what to do with, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only you didn't live in the eighties. It's true. He uh, was rocking them bolo ties, man. He Ooh, was. I haven't seen bolo I ties he was get. Cute. Yeah, I haven't oh, seen Bolo Ties get that much play in years. <laughs> I was actually, I was, you might see it again. I was sitting next to my boyfriend watching the movie. He was like, I like his Bolo Ties. <laughs> I was like, oh. Making okay. a comeback. Both he <laughs> and Andy had that, that great, like, thrift store style of just so piecing I things together. I loved everything Andy was wearing. I, I loved Andy's sense of style. She had uneven earrings. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, how, so did, how did anyone give her crap about being poor she looked better than most of the rich kids yeah but here's the deal though it is it's the 80s and so in the in that time period because i i can somewhat remember uh, you know i went to school for a few years in the 80s and into the 90s because i was born in 81 and um that that makes sense given the time like we look at it now and it's like no she's a she looks amazing i love the style i like ducky's style I mean, that's how I dress now a lot of the time. Um, and, uh, but at that time, it was like you either wore designer stuff or like labeled, you know, name, name brand things. The thrift store idea wasn't popular at that point. Like that really, really caught its stride kind of mid-90s on. And so yeah, it's I mean, weird to watch that now because you kind of have to take yourself out and be like, oh, that's right. No, they didn't, they didn't care about that. The 80s was the decade of excess, right? Everybody had yeah, I mean, yeah. everybody spending money. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, James, James Spader is like all about that. Like everything um, he's in, he plays a face. great dirtbag. I was like Robert California, the Lizard King. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with The Office. That's one thing you should know about me and John if you have not been introduced. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> um, now he is so so good at playing that character. And he kind of made I mean, that his thing back back in that time period. Like he, because he had, uh, I think I read somewhere where he had auditioned for the character of Blaine 
but he auditioned for Blaine as uh, how he wanted to play Steph because that was a character he really wanted to play. And like he, he I think he even said to John Cryer at some point, like, yeah, I'm making a career out of this because they'll pay me to do it and, it and I'm good at it kind of thing. Like, and he is. And he's then just, he did. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen Tough Turf? <sighs> if I have, that, it was a long oh, time ago. I, 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 that movie is 80s personified. It's 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 such a weird eighties like movie that he plays basically a poor kid. He's he he's basically Molly Ringwald kind of, but tougher, way cooler. And he goes to this high school and ends up with like a gang leader's girlfriend. And uh Robert Downey. Mm, that's Jr. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. It's the weirdest movie you will ever watch. On it, like weirdest eighties movie you'll ever watch. Uh, that's a tall, tall bar to clear. I've seen some weird '80s movies. Let me tell you. Yeah, dude, didn't we just watch Top Gun? Top Gun was weird. Top Gun was <laughs> super weird. Top, well, for the, through the lens of today, eyes. yes. Like Top Gun is just a yeah. naval recruiting video for two hours. Also, very homoerotic. Oh, big time. Um, and Daniel in the chat brings up a good point. At the time, the thrift store was for poor people. Like nobody shopped there yeah. unless you had to. You didn't. You didn't yeah. just, just go. Just, which n- nowadays which, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Like that's the place to go. I would love to shop yeah. more at thrift stores, but I'm six foot four, so finding clothes that wow. fit me is really difficult in general at a thrift store. Almost impossible. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I just yeah. dress like even, Magna PI. So I mean, <laughs> I just usually go oversized. You can't do that when you're six four. No, it's really hard, especially when you put any kind of weight on. Um, so I'm just screwed either way. But no, I I loved I loved the look of everything though. Um, Annie Potts' character. Annie uh, Potts was fun. How old was she supposed to be? So she's been fifteen years older than her. Yes. So, how old? Fifteen years old. Thirty-three. Yeah, which is about oh, okay. how old I, Annie Potts was. Fastest math I've ever done. <laughs> I watched it twice. And I could not catch it. I I was completely. I'm like, why is this woman like? Getting advice from an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> it's her boss, right? Isn't it her boss? Yeah, it's her boss. But I mean, Molly Ringwald could run the place by herself. She was teaching her how to do the books at one point. Oh my god, Will laughed so hard at that. She was like, "Shit, I can't do this." And Will was like, "Mad?" <laughs> with I an, was like, "It's hard for some people." With an adding machine, which that that was yeah. An, yeah. Okay, adding machines suck. I tried to use my mom's adding they machine do. as a calculator when I was younger. It was so confusing. I do not blame Annie Potts for being confused. I don't know what those are for, but it doesn't feel like it's for adding. It, yeah. So you had paperwork. Pretty much, yeah. It's it, it's weird. Like, it makes sense if you started with one of those. It's kind of like using a typewriter or using an abacus. Like, if you're taught how to use it, yes, it makes perfect sense for the job that it's for. But I know the first time I saw one of those, I did the same thing. I tried to use it like a calculator, and it didn't work. And I'm like, what, is, what am I doing wrong? I'm hitting the buttons I know to hit, and it's it's still wrong. So poor Annie Potts just, you know, couldn't. And boy, her talk about some varying looks. Man. She had. That, that, that Sia wig she has at the end, that white crazy oh, yeah. wig was just that was a lot. stunning. I felt <laughs> I transported. I was like, we have time traveled now. <laughs> yeah. She's doing Sia. This movie was so interesting. It, I, it, it kind of felt to me like the 80s were so homophobic that you had to be, there was no such thing as like middling queer. Like you had right. to be like out because you were so out that like that was just it. 
or like you were just kind of in the closet and a weird and I feel yep. like a lot of John Hughes movies are like a tribute to like that silently queer weirdo who like didn't have another place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, Molly Ringwald has said in um, interviews since the movie that she feels like the character of Ducky. Uh, they, in fact, her Molly Ringwald, John Cryer, and Annie Potts did an interview for like the 20th anniversary of Entertainment Weekly, and they were talking about this movie. And she said in that, like, Ducky would have come out at some point shortly after the, the events of this movie is what she feels like would have happened based on kind of what the character was like. Ducky had bi guy vibes. Well, yes. Ducky had some of the strongest bi guy vibes I've ever seen in my entire life. It was, it was all over the place. It was, it was Ben Schwartz. It was like younger, much more flamboyant Pete Davidson. Will wrote a note on a piece of paper over there that I'm very tempted to go get because it was also so Will's her boyfriend, go by the way. Younger, okay, She's younger Pete off. Davidson, though. No, I'm here. That's that's frighteningly accurate. That Pete Davidson one. I didn't think about that, but Jerry Seinfeld mixed with the '80s version of Pete Davidson. <laughs> that's perfect. This is why I watch movies with him. Excellent that's comment. Great. And, Excellent point. And John Cryer's it, the thing with it is he he had done. Superman 4, I think it was, Four, he was uh, in. The Quest for Peace. Yeah. Ugh, boy. Yeah. Uh, he had done that, yeah. and then this, <laughs> and um, so he kind of got typecast, unfortunately, for a long time. If you've seen him, though, recently, he's been on, he was on uh, Supergirl. Oh, he likes Luther. He's yeah, and he's amazing at that. Oh, yeah. And the fact, listen, respect anybody who shaves their head, respect. <laughs> like he looks great. Since but he, like, and the... he just took it. He took that role over. Like mm-hmm. he was one of the few things I liked about Supergirl towards the end of it. Oh, you watched Supergirl in him? I had no idea. I <laughs> did for a little while. I gave up on it. I, I gave up on it like I do with everything CW. It's just mm-hmm. after a while, it's just exhausting. And everyone that's just, why we haven't talked. You about just hug the bad guy, and that's how it ends. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I I love John Cryer, uh, and and to go back and watch him in this and and kind of again because I've I had this strong feeling that like I had seen it, and apparently I hadn't or at least I had no memory of it. So I was kind of getting to rediscover that he is like he, he and Molly Ringwald have to carry this movie because really plot wise, there's not a whole lot going on. Oh, it's very confusing. I really, the, the pacing was, I thought the pacing was strange, but it wasn't the pacing. It was just like, it was not a linear plot structure. One of the things I loved was the intro a show train tracks constantly, mm-hmm. which is just a foreshadowing of, the other, other side, side of the, of the tracks. tracks. Yep. Yeah. I I really respected that 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 choice, and the fact that you have Harry Dean Stanton, who I love I love Harry Dean like that. He was he was rest in peace. He was one of the greatest character actors of oh, just easily. He could like, play that kind of just everyman dirtbag, but also like you kind of cared about him like. I don't know. There was always something about Harry Dean Stanton that always resonated with me. I, 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 he's one of my favorite actors of all time. It's, it's. I think because he always felt genuine in the role yeah. that he was playing. He was never. He was a character actor that was just like a guy in whatever he yeah. was in. Whether and whether it was a little bit more outlandish, like Escape from L.A., 
or something or like alien. Yeah, or alien. He's just you know he's the the space janitor, right? Um, <laughs> and in this, he's just a guy down on his luck, pining for his ex wife who's who yeah. left him. We don't get that. <sighs> Honestly, the story of him and his wife and Andy intrigues me, and I want to know like that whole thing. No background. Who could make a series out of this show? Just about don't give anyone that. Any ideas. like this this don't. girl who's raising her dad. <laughs> yeah. Don't you know? give anybody any ideas. They will make a pretty in pink series. <sighs> Probably. And it will be bad. <laughs> don't do it. It would be. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's great. I do like that intro quite a bit. I do. Mm. I think I liked this movie. I didn't love it as much as same. And I think it's because of kind of what you had mentioned, Melanie, where it's like there's inconsistency to the story. And it's sort of all over the place, and you, you don't really get like a, a, a good footing of kind of what is going on. Like, yeah, John Hughes is good for like I, I I don't know what he's trying to say, but he did capture how confusing and weird it was to be a teenager. So kudos for that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's, oh, yeah. that's the plot. That's how I forgive the plot. It's like, oh, it's confusing because being a teenager doesn't make any sense either. Well, and I think if you don't have the characters as well fleshed out as they are, and like with the exception of Blaine, who's just bland and milk toast, like the rest of the characters yeah. are either two dimensional caricatures like Steph or actually interesting. Um, and so can, can kind of play off of that. And it's like without those characters, this movie doesn't work. And then the performance has to carry that as well. So Molly Ringwald just plays that, that character so well. And it was the, I think like this was the third year in a row. Cause she had done was breakfast club was 84. I think no 16 candles was 84 breakfast club was 85 or do I have that the other way around and then this like it was consecutive so she had worked with John Hughes and and all of that right on through so she sort of knew how to play this character that he was he was writing and I think she even had some input on this script um kind of like the opposite of Claire in some ways though which was Mm -hmm. fun it's like you know Claire was the 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 rich girl, and she fell in love with the alt boy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just wish they could have made uh, the rich boy a little more interesting. Because <laughs> he was yeah. so boring. There's a way to make a nice guy who's not boring. Do Phil Dunphy. I think you have to kind of you 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 gotta you gotta play up the golden retriever. Yes. Yeah. He was just. He was just. He was, there was no. There was nothing to him. He was just. I'm a nice guy. Like you he's wouldn't like, care if he's rich go. or poor. He's just a nice guy. You know, and, we can go anywhere. Yeah, I and mean, it's like uh, okay. And I mean, kudos to the movie. Yeah, but kudos to the movie for making him a nice guy, right? Like to 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 not have him be a jerk or like he doesn't have to be that for her to like win over or do something like that. But give him more than just like, hi, my name's Blaine, and that's that's like the extent of his character. Is his name is Blaine? I mean, and like rich. the Disney Prince treatment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they have literally the worst first date in history. It's not even like uh, it they, goes they go so to, badly. They go to that shitty party where he, he, they're watching Steph hang out in bed with some lunatic girl <laughs> who's high on God knows what, and they're just sitting constantly. on a couch staring at them. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like. Go to a movie, Christ. Something, anything. Like, they like go to that. Like, well, let's go. Let's do this now. Go... I'm gonna, you're going to meet my friends. Like, your first date should not be a group setting. 
No, 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 no. Like, even if he took her to that, like, if she'd take him to that club where they were playing all that awesome 80s music. Oh, my God. The soundtrack in this movie was so excellent. Okay. I, I was, I adored the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And, and again, that's a hallmark of John Hughes produced stuff. Um, but can we talk about this bar for a second? <laughs> because yes, please. Andrew Dice Clay is running the door. What are you talking about? What, where Man. where does this exist? Because I can tell you that I I know from when I grew up, there was nowhere that under the age of twenty one you could get into that looked and sounded like that that served alcohol the at closest, all. Closest I've ever seen was um, the club from Buffy series uh what was it called the bronze oh okay i think was the name of the club that was the closest thing i've ever seen where you have live bands every night and you're serving like 15 year old kids drinks i mean because ducky's supposed now my next question was ducky supposed to be slightly older and he got left back because she kept saying you were you're you're like failing you're on trying purpose. to fail so you won't graduate and I was like curious if he was staying in high school just because Molly Ringwald was there. No, because they had been friends for whatever eight years or something like that. So oh, they they had yeah they had grown up together. Um, oh, so okay. they're supposed to be about the same age, but for some reason she could get into that bar with no problem, but Ducky yeah. couldn't. Dice wouldn't let him in. Which I think the implication was that he wasn't cool enough. <sighs> I th- yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I it was that, that he just he he's such a tryhard. Like, <laughs> he is. He looks dope. Like the kid looks like hip he as hell. So he looks today, than yeah. anyone in that bar. Travel. Back he was then, so I mean, with the time. hat, with that blossom hat and shit, he just kind of looked off. His sunglasses. <laughs> Will owns those sunglasses. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I I have the same type of hat. It's a pork. It's called a pork pie hat. I've got one of those. I wear it all the time. That's that's my thing. Um, I got two of them. Yeah. So like, but, but again, at that time, that was not the way to look to be cool. And, but he, like everybody else. Yeah. However, (laughs) he got to be friends with the doorman. So there's something to be said for that. And this was adult men in this movie are all so nice to Ducky. Like her dad is too. He gives her like actual, it gives like him, not his son, just some kid actual good advice. That's like kind and gentle and not too rude, but still like, Hey, Women have choices, just so you know. You can't his... force them to like you. The fact that he was talking about his daughter, like, he was so the chill. balls on this kid to go and be like, yeah, I like your daughter. Like, he, he's almost asking for permission. I don't yeah. think it was the balls. Way. I think it was the missing brain cells. But that's um, probably true. <laughs> but they're both kind of losers. I mean, like, they're sweet, but they're both kind of losers in the in, in the 80s sense. I kind of have a feeling in, like yeah. like her dad was Ducky in high school. In a lot of ways. And, and so, and so he sort of, because he calls him Phil, so he knows his name. He doesn't call him Ducky. He kind of identifies with this kid. And also the, there's the whole connection they have where it reminds him of kind of courting his wife and, and everything that happened there. And he's still so love sick over her. Um, but I also, I love the fact that he treats Andy like a huge, like an adult human, like an 18 year old. Yes human being as opposed to like some possession or my daughter. No, it's just, yes, it's his daughter, but she's another person in the house. And in a lot of ways, he raising sells, him. He shows with everything that he does, that he respects her and trusts 
her and trust her ability to make her own choices. Which yes. Is a plus parenting, she parenting. Better choices than he does. I mean, that is true. She, yes. the man is she wakes him up for for his job interviews every morning. Like, Dad, go get a goddamn job. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I can't. I can't hold up the household. You lose. Yeah, Will made a very good point also, which was how are they living, which is true. I, I, I don't know. I mean, she doesn't spend. Was any the money economy on more forgiving? It was. It honestly, yeah. it was like because this is this is a John Hughes movie, so it's set somewhere uh, in Illinois, right? It's probably okay. somewhere around like Shermer, Illinois, the the fake town that he sets everything in, um, and definitely Midwest in the eighties. The economy was very different, and you could get away because she's the poor. She's from the poor side of town, but she has her own car. That car was yeah. Minus the dent, that car was sweet. It was I, I so would cute. I would drive that car. Oh, honestly, yes. A Volkswagen Carmen Ghia, that thing is like a collector's item. Oh, now. you a looked it up. One. See, I was I was gonna look it up before I came on. I didn't have a chance. Well, what's funny is there's a YouTube channel I watch where a guy is restoring one of those right now. Like he bought really? he bought one that's in just awful. Like he's tearing it down to the frame to restore it. So I've been watching that and I see it in here and I'm like, it's a Carmen Ghia. I like I'd never heard of that model prior to yeah. this this YouTube series I'm watching, and now I see it in this movie. Um, it's gorgeous, but yeah, like she's she's got a job, she goes to school, and she's got her own car. But yet she's so obsessed with like what people are going to think of in terms of where she lives in town. That's a very '80s thing, right? Like what part of town yeah. you live in. Yeah. And she, it's weird. I, mean, I talked to I have a friend named Jordan who's from like the Oranges in Jersey, and apparently there's still that kind of weird rivalry amongst like people who live in the different oranges. Like it's like oh like West Orange, Best Orange, but then the kids from South Orange where I went to college will be like oh nah, and I'm like what <laughs> is weird. this? That I think also is something that is really important when you're younger, and once you get past like 25, you just stop caring. Like whatever actually at my high school one year one school like cut the course of the track meet we yelled stoga cheated <laughs> for a very long time oh yeah i can see that i mean i remember having like rivalries between the two high schools in my hometown and it's like we all live within three miles of each other like it's not like there's a there's a wrong side of the tracks in the town that i grew up in but that's just how it was and after like 23 no one after 18, no one really cared anymore. Um, so, it, but it definitely felt like a very 80s thing. Like her driving around when she takes Ducky home that night and she's going along just lusting after all these big houses and the, the line about how the people that live in them don't appreciate them the way that she will or she would. She, she is a really well thought out character. Um, what was her, Andy? Mm-hmm. Andy. Andy. I, I, I mean, out of everyone, and obviously she should be, she's literally the most thoughtful character in this piece, other than, I would say, probably Annie Potts. Annie Potts is so, like, she missed her mark in life. You know, like, she 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 wanted something, never quite got it, and at the end of the movie, she ends up with a straight and narrow guy, like a oh, businessman. Sweetie. And she even changes her look just to like kind of go, man, maybe I should just try to be normal for five minutes, which is such an, which is so interesting. Like that is such an interesting, like for such an outlandish character to, to 
Go ahead, very eighties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like just that that idea that like they need to fit into a box, and it's it's both good and bad. Like she does grow as a character, but at the same time, she kind of gives up who she is a little bit. But who she is always, wasn't working in this world, which is that's always up. portrayed as a good thing. But I always see it as like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh yeah, I definitely had it's that like feeling. When, um, like what not to wear. Uh, Clint came or is it Clint? The guy came out after and was like, "I feel really bad about what we did with like the two thousands version of what not to wear. Like we just took people with individuals and individualistic styles and we told them that their styles were crap and dressed like everybody else and that's not right. And so we're gonna do a new version and it's gonna be about like embracing your style and making it work for you. But it's just like, wow, yeah, that was a thing. Like it was like, oh my god, if you're not dressing like everybody else, forget it. Like that was the concept of the fashion police. Yeah, yeah, and. I almost wish that the movie could have focused a little bit more on some of that kind of stuff. Like the problems that she has at school. Cause she gets, she ends up in the principal's office at one point and we're kind of given the impression like this isn't the first time she's ended up in the principal's office over something that happened that we don't see. Cause it happened off screen. All she does is get yeah, the what gym- she has to say is very good about it. Like she's like, look, I get fed up. Mm-hmm. What do you want? That principal was, he knows what the score is. I will say that principal was the most well-written adult in this movie because he's like, I get it. Like you're the, you, you're coming here, even though like you're the poor kid, like everyone at this high school has money, which that high school didn't look that nice, but whatever, (laughs) that's neither here nor there. But she was one of the dregs in their opinion, you know, and that principal gets it. And he's so kind of like, so you know what? We're gonna forget it. I, I I know it. And what about my friend? Don't worry, yeah, she gets off too. too. Like he understood because I think the principal was in the same boat. You know, yeah. he but didn't have the money that 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 these rich kids have. He's just dealing with these rich kids. But then he's also like, oh, if you keep looking like you're trying not to fit in, like you won't fit in. Like f you, guy, get out of here. <laughs> but I but again, like I think he was. He understood her, and he, he that's why, like, she, he's like, you know what? You've got a lot of stuff going for you. I'm not going to yuck your yum. I'm not going to ruin your life by giving you suspension or right. something stupid. I'm just going to let you, I'm, I'm letting you off because you're going to do bigger things than most of these rich schmucks are going to do. <laughs> that's true. I thought that was, for a John Hughes movie, having an adult who actually cares about the kids. That was kind of interesting. That I thought I thought that was a very cool move, like on his part to write the, the principal that way. What in a position of any power? Yeah, because mm-hmm. usually, I mean, I mean, you look at the principal in the Breakfast Club. He's just he's Stupid. just getting back at kids because he was probably picked on in high school. You know, like he he gives up those those vibes. It's like you're gonna get the horns, kid. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this really felt like John Hughes kind of evolving as a writer. Um, in, in that, like it was, it wasn't as raunchy as some of his earlier stuff and they had, he had sanded off some of the edges and started writing more compelling characters overall. Not all of them. Um, but we don't have, we also don't have like huge, uh, racial stereotypes in a lot of it. Now there's pretty much only white people in the movie, but. Oh yeah. We actually noted, we were like, oh, diversity checklist. Oh, there's one black couple dancing at prom. They're okay for the eighties. Was there? I didn't even catch that. And I watched this twice. 
Yeah, the look. Yeah, the look for him. There was they also actually like... weren't interacting with anyone else either. They were just dancing alone <laughs> by themselves. But there also wasn't a long duck dong like we had in 16 That's, Candles either. Thank so. God. I was actually yeah. dreading that. I was like, all right, it's going to happen. Where's, when's it coming in? Yeah. And, well, and but, I mean, the only, the only time you kind of get something at all similar to that is one of the best scenes is when Ducky comes into that Otis Redding. I think it was an Otis Redding song. Yeah, it was. Otis and Redding. He's da- and he's singing it and dancing it. And he's going up the, down the stairs of the record store. And they're just looking at him like he's crazy. He was, I mean, he was doing a little bit of Anthony Michael Hall and Weird Science when they're at that bar. You know, like, oh, we can't help they smoke. You know, like, he's doing that a little bit. He's being classy about it. You know, like, that's probably as far as it got with the the John Hughes, like, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes he gets a little, he gets (laughs) a little racist. A little bit. Yeah, but I love that scene. Like that when he just walks in, he knows the yeah. words to the song. Mm-hmm. Like he was he's just he like was... spinning around and like banging up against the walls and just having a good time. And, and you see his dirty it. shoes. But they got into it. Like the oh, girls yeah. after a while were like, "This is infectious. I can't not be enjoying this." Also, he's good at dancing. Well, I will I say love the fact that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Annie Potts gets into it. I I think, because I had a note, my only real issue with that scene, I love the scene and I get what they're going for, but with the way that Andy is in that scene, it feels weird and out of place because, yes, she's upset about the fact that it's apparently 7 o'clock and Blaine hasn't shown up yet, Yeah, but she never breaks throughout that entire thing. And what I was waiting for was like, just a little, a little, a little crack of a smile. Something that her her best friend shows up and is acting like a complete fool in the store, and cheers her up at least a little bit. But she doesn't at all, and that kind of bugged me. So I can watching that and knowing how they changed the ending of the movie, I can kind of see why some of the audience, the test audience, which I hate test audiences, but. I can I understand. Oh yeah, it's usually you you hear about test audiences because they didn't like something and it got changed and it's worse because of it. Um, but I feel like I can kind of see where the test audience would get a little confused because there's nothing indicating that she should end up with Ducky for most of he this. He shouldn't movie. be rewarded for his behavior after a certain point. Like he was very very cruel to her. This oh, actually, definitely. I got pissed off and I had to pause and go off on a rant because I got so mad about this because I was like, look. Ducky, it's not your, like, she's your friend. Do you know how shitty it feels to have somebody say, oh, you don't want to date me? Then I don't want to be your friend anymore? Like, oh, you didn't value, like, me as a person enough not to just walk away? Come on, dude. How long have we been just, like, friends? It is not her fault that you don't like her or that she doesn't like you. Like, she still likes you as a person. She's so kind to him and she's, like, always encouraging and she's a good friend. And a lot of my friends never committed. It was a problem. He never committed to it. I mean, and and he had ample opportunity to really to commit to like saying I really like you, and and he never does. Like he just does this negging shit. Most of it. Well, yeah, that sucks. He's kind of a jerk on purpose, thinking like, oh, she'll think it's cool, and it's like, and I can get away with it because I'm her friend. Yeah. And that he just and didn't, was like... he never just said, I love you. And if he had just said it, like, he probably would have gotten her as a girlfriend halfway through this movie, but he just 
he he's too much of a tryhard. Yeah, you know, well, and okay. she's not looking for that. She's looking for stability because every man in her life, every person in her life is unstable. I mean, even her boy the, the her boyfriend can't deal with the crap that, you know, his rich friends give him. You know, Ducky can't deal with ha- like just being a normal person. Her dad can't get a real job. You know, like she is the adult in every situation. And she just wants stability. At the end, um, even her best friend isn't stable. But that's you know? that's exactly it. I think I don't think it would have been him saying "I love you" that would have made her feel like she could have been with him. I think it would have been him. The negging was stupid, and that was because of like the the they were like, "Oh, this is how you talk to girls back mm. in the day." I think yeah. he was like, "Oh, this is how I get her right." That was dumb, and that was like beside the point. But it was also. I think that he would have shown her that he could be with her in the long term by doing exactly what he did in the end and just showing up for her and telling her to go after what she needed and what she wanted and being there as a person for her. I literally, at the end of this movie, I was like, okay, he has now matured. This movie was actually him learning his lesson. And now in like a few more years, he can come back and they can actually be together because I know that's what's supposed to be happening here. They have so much chemistry. He just needed to stop making it all about him yes yeah that's that's the big thing is is he looked at everything as it's all about him and i can identify with that because i i i went through similar stuff i wasn't ducky necessarily but but i had ducky leanings when i was younger and i and and so i could identify with sort of like the whole scene where she goes down to get a drink and he lays down on the bed and he's talking to himself about like i love this woman do I tell her? I should tell her. But what if she laughs at me? Who cares? I got to tell her anyway. And you're like wrestling with that. That was fine. But it then it's this like expectation. It morphs into this this thing where he has this expectation that like, no, he's he's owed that. And the way he reacts to finding out she's... He's of himself. Yeah. And then his reaction to Blaine showing up where he, he assumed that he was taking her on a date that night. Now, part of that is she never communicated to him like, hey, I have a date tonight. So there right. is communication there, but it's not her. F- she's not required to do that. Oh, and not. and he needs to react much better than he did because he flew off the handle. Emotions running high, whatever. There's no call for what he said and what he did at that point. And then to act and then to like double down on it when they show up at the bar. And he just, that, that scene at the Me bar. Was, yeah. Where he oh. dips Annie Potts and gives her that like 1942 kiss. Yep. But, but yeah. I will say, like, I did laugh when Annie Potts goes, I'm old enough to be his mother. But my God, I felt that in my thighs. I was like, <laughs> whoa! Like, Ducky's got game. <laughs> like, Ducky he has Everything he, like, he does gives me confidence that he would be excellent at everything. He's just got to get over himself. Yeah, I yeah, know I mean, several guys like that. They're all great people. Yeah, just getting out of his own way is the problem. Um, so yeah, regardless, like he definitely has the, the biggest arc of anybody in this movie and this should have been his movie a little bit. It really kind of should have been. Yeah. And and it almost is in some ways because he's in most of it. Um, and I just, it's funny to watch certain scenes like the, the scene where he's talking to the dad, when he's talking to Harry Dean Stanton. Mm Mm-hmm. Knowing that the original ending was she ends up with him, 
and all this stuff builds up to it, and then they changed it last minute. Yeah, yeah, the movie that makes is, more sense that way. But I mean, it just—it's just interesting to see like that was the course they were gonna take, and then mm-hmm. people didn't like it. So looking back at certain scenes where you know he's beating up Steph or talking to the dad or talking even to Dice, like talking to Andrew Dice Clay in certain things, just trying to like learn who the hell he really is. Yeah. Is so different knowing that like originally he was supposed to be the boyfriend at the end of the day and he's not. And, and really she ends up with this fucking, this, excuse my French, this dope. <laughs> he ends, she ends he, up with the dope. They're going to break up. They're going to break up in like a year. Yep. She's going to get bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once he goes to college, they're done. Yeah. Forget, he's going to get bored first. And she's going to be like, well, he was, that was pointless. Yeah. And she and Ducky are going to be friends for like a few more years. Uh, and then she'll be like, wait, I know another thing that was pointless, not dating Ducky. And then they will. And it will ruin. But then he ends up with Christy Swanson at the end of the movie. The Duckette as she was, as she was. She <laughs> that was, was her credit. As Duckette. <laughs> It was the saddest thing I've ever seen. Consolation okay. prize. I. They I, lo- I love the fourth wall breaking where he looks at the camera and he he's just like, hey, all right. And he goes, it's such they an do... Anthony Michael Hall moment in a, in a John Hughes. You can, you can tell that that character was written for Anthony Michael Hall originally. Like you oh, can just tell totally. that it was. I did read though that totally. uh, Downey Jr. was actually, um, thought of for the role at one time um which i do feel like if it had been robert downey jr that she would the test audiences wouldn't have hated that ending right they would have the acting would have made him so much less cute i liked that he was a cute little twink i loved that but but you michael hall back in the day was a very different actor also, oh, no, not Anthony Michael. Anthony Michael Hall would have been fine. I'm talking about Robert Downey Jr. No, I'm sorry. No, Robert, yeah. Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Sorry, I'm, I, I'm still on it. I've seen weird science. I know what he was like. I see he would, it, it would have been too much, too much like, um. You was, need to see Back to School. Okay. That's the character yeah. he played in Back to School was basically Ducky. Yeah. Just a oh. weirdo who just kind no. of like goes along with the story. Yeah, honestly, 80s Robert Downey Jr. could have pulled off Ducky. And I think it could yeah, have worked. And and yeah. the and and to have him be that, uh, I like. I'd be really curious to to transport myself to the universe where that movie exists, where that's the one that yeah. got made, because I could see it happening. And it is a very different ending. You can also tell exactly when the reshoots uh, are inserted into the ending of the movie, because mm-hmm. for one, uh, Andrew McCarthy looks completely different. In those, his hair looks like crap. That's because <laughs> he looks he, that's, like he just woke up. That, that's because he's wearing a wig. He had shaved his head and lost a bunch of weight for a, a either a movie or a play that he was in. So really? he looks more gaunt, and he's wearing an auburn wig, and it's <laughs> highly noticeable. That's hilarious. I had no like something was off, and I couldn't put my finger <laughs> on it. And now I know, and that's that's phenomenal. Same thing. As I'm watching it, I'm like, Boy, something doesn't look right with him. Like. It felt like he he looked sick, like sickly. It's like it did. the at the end of Legally Blonde, where she's wearing the ugliest wig I've ever seen in my life and trying to pass it off as the iconic hair. Like, uh, 
<laughs> that that oh, those reshoots in Legally Blonde. That's the second worst blonde wig I've ever seen in a movie after Fan Forstick. Oh, Fan, oh, Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four oh, wow, movie wow. from like 2011. The reshoot stuff oh. with uh, with Kate Mara. That blonde, that wig oh, was that awful. Movie, that I forgot about that movie. I constantly forget about bottom that bottom trash. I mean, oh my God. Uh, it's it, and it's a bummer because I feel like you know it's unfair to Josh Trank that they're they're like they bring him in and then don't let him make the movie that he wants to make and they change yeah. so much on him. But it's a discussion for another hey, day. Doctor, what was Doctor Doom was I, like a, uh, he was just some like hacker guy or like yeah. Well, he, originally he was going to be a blogger. Oh God, that movie. Uh, yeah, we we should come back into that movie. <laughs> a blogger? Yeah, that yeah. was that was the original idea for him to be. They they changed a few oh, yeah, things it's, around. It, but yeah, it's John Krasin- John Krasinski's doing a hell of a job compared to that shit that was going on in that movie. And what a talk about a waste of cast. Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, um, and Kate Mara, and uh, I can't remember uh, Jamie Bell. Like was, yeah. those four are amazing. And they're wasted on that terrible, terrible movie. That that last scene just makes no sense. <laughs> no, We're really all doesn't. gonna do team up moves. It was like it was like watching just a bad video game. It's just terrible. Oh, but back to Pretty in Pink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, but also speaking of John Krasinski, I was listening to one of your podcast episodes the, like this morning and yesterday, and both days I was like. He sounds like John Krasinski. <laughs> like you sound like a slightly slower, lower John Krasinski. Hmm. Well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. You should. Okay. Um, <laughs> apparently, John Hughes was unhappy with how things got redone in the end. Like he wanted the original ending. He wanted it to be her ending up with Ducky. John um, Hughes is correct. And he should. I mean, yeah. they were a better couple. They. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all of his problems, Ducky's just a better fit. I mean, he's everything that she kind of wants that, like, oddball. He makes her laugh. Yeah, like, he's, sometimes your best friend is the best choice. Not sometimes. sometimes. I, I am adamant on this, not just sometimes. <laughs> well, okay. I think part of it, too, is, like, there was no character for Blaine to be. He was just a guy, and, yeah. like, Yes, she swooned over him when he came into the record store, but we get no backstory or reasoning behind this. Has she been crushing on this guy for most of high school and he's just never noticed her? We get more backstory about her with James Spader's character, about how he's been trying to get yeah. with her for four years. And Which I forgot about entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, it's funny. I, I didn't notice. I guess I wasn't paying attention the first time I watched this. I watched it twice today. Like, mm-hmm. I literally watched it once in the morning and then, like, about an hour before we went on. I didn't even notice that scene where he's, like, hitting on her in the beginning. Like, yeah. I don't know why it, it, like, it completely passed me. He is just, like, hung up on this girl who is the, the ungettable. Like, yeah. And it, it's the one, and they even say, it's the one thing you couldn't buy. Yep. And that is such a powerful like just that character that is such a powerful thing to say about him is if he can't buy it he doesn't want it and yet and he's it was be like terrible about it yeah and yet it was downplayed throughout the movie like you didn't you forgot about it yeah. uh until you watched yeah. it the second time and it's like that could have been they almost needed to combine Steph and Blaine into one character 
and there would have been more meat on the bone there. There would have been something there for like either he's been kind of this jerk for a few years, but he's starting to change and become a good something. I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to think because Blaine is such a boring character, but yet I like the fact that he's a, he's a like objectively good person. There's nothing wrong with Blaine. He's just boring because we don't know anything about him. Do you know who I think did the, the idea for this movie, the revised one with the ending we've seen better was a Cinderella story from like the 2000s with Hilary Duff. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of the same plot elements. They make the best friend not interested in her at all. They revert. They do a gender reversal thing by making him interested in a rich girl and her interested in a rich guy. It's all the friends who are the problem. They gave her like an evil stepmother. And like at the end, she has to like show him up and tell him like, look, you can't keep acting like a jerk and like half-assing being with me in front of your friends. It's me or them. Make a choice. And he actually makes the big choice and like stands up in front of everyone. It's not some little thing in a dance. But also at the end of that one, they do the same thing and they put the best friend with some random shit <laughs> from like off on the sidelines. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that that movie was inspired at least partially by this or the movie that John Hughes wrote the next year, which is something to talk about because he basically wrote the same script uh, for that movie. Oh. Um, and the rumor was, and I couldn't find anything to substantiate this, but the rumor was that he wanted Molly Ringwald to be in that and she didn't want to do it. And um, that caused some kind of a rift between the two of them, which is why they never worked together again, I guess. I, I couldn't find anything beyond like IMDb level trivia of whether that had happened or not. But it doesn't seem like I don't know why that doesn't feel like it has a whole lot of water to it. Uh, like it holds no. a lot of water. Um, yeah, no, I feel she, like if that was we would have heard that there would be information on something as simple yeah. as that. And she she seems to have a love for her career like when, oh yeah when she talks about like the movie she did she always seems very like just happy she was there you mm-hmm. know i mean she she didn't really have a latter-day career i mean up until recently where she plays like moms and certain things one of the only people in this movie who didn't ironically yeah and 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 she was the biggest name in this oh yeah the by time. far i mean she was like the queen of the brat pack some you know, of and- some of that I feel like is the the unfortunate thing in Hollywood where they you know actors age out of certain things and especially yeah. women in Hollywood in the 80s and 90s they get beyond like 23 and suddenly they can't get any roles and they don't get anything again until they're in their 40s and they can play someone's mom and yeah. it's, I mean, it's, Winona Ryder is a prime example of that. Yeah, yeah. And think about how big of a now star Winona Ryder was in the late 80s. She was on par, you know, her and Molly Ringwald, and then you don't hear about them for 10, or 10 15 years or more, 20 years. Like that, you can see, like, very easily how it ended up being, like, the early 2000s. Disney stars were like, okay, well, I have to break the mold and do something insane so I don't lose my career. Like, the mm-hmm. linear, once you look at what was happening, it's like, oh, this has been happening for a while. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it, it's it's unfortunate things have to go that way. I am glad that Molly Ringwald, she kept working, uh, just smaller level stuff, um, but, you know, has had a bit of a career renaissance. Um she was in. She's been in Riverdale for five years. I didn't. Re- I didn't yeah. realize Riverdale's been on oh, for that long. I forgot about that. I think it's ending. I, Isn't it ending? I, it, hopefully, <laughs> I have not watched a second of Riverdale. I just couldn't do it. I have. My sister was I, into it for a while. 
I've seen it. I couldn't get into it either, but I never got into the Archie comics in the first place, so I didn't I didn't care about any of the characters in general. I, I just found that show like once you start getting into like cults and weird stuff and it's like now you're just using the name to get people to jump on to a show you wanted to write and you just Yeah, like the writing you around trying... that show to write the same show over and over again with different concepts layered on top of it. <laughs> kind yeah, of, yeah. I, I just, I couldn't get into it. I, 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 and, and that guy's hair, the guy who plays Archie, that fake red hair is so <laughs> well, ridiculous. No, not, okay. No, no, not Jughead. Terrible. No. Oh, God. You're not wrong, though. The CW does kind of recycle the same basic stories into all of their shows, which is why when something like uh, Legends of Tomorrow comes along, I can latch onto it so much because that was a show where they were just like, we don't care. We're just going to go crazy oh, with no. it. They, they took all their B characters and said, do whatever the hell you want. They had an episode where a giant stuffed animal comes to life and is like fighting like a kaiju. I mean, yeah. that's why that show was so great. Yeah, it was a, it was Bebo. Oh, and it, gets the best yeah, Bebo, Bebo. <laughs> giant Bebo fighting a demon. Like, that was, you got to love that. I mean... Yeah, because you, they just didn't give you crap at that point. They were just like, these are our B, these are our, our fucking our C characters. We don't care. We can do yeah. whatever you want. You know, just go for it. But when you take like something like The Flash, where it's a beloved character, or Green Arrow even, where they just you have to stick to this, like... Speaking of reshoots, talk about an upcoming interesting Ugh. exercise in reshoots. Oh, it was just, it, it, it's just dull. You know, there's no fun to it. They don't take it anywhere. They don't take it for a walk, you know? No, Flash got that way. Like, Flash started out, I feel like the Flash had a lot more fun to it, and... That was a strong show. That show was... After Arrow and all the seriousness... I watched the first season of that. Flash Flash was really, really good. I haven't watched it probably in two years, but I remember watching like probably the first four seasons and I enjoyed every minute of it. Like I had a good time, but eventually it just became like, if you're, if you're going to stop a, a bad guy, you have to give him a hug and make him feel good about himself. It was a little too spider verse for like uh, uh Spider-Man no way home. Like just, we have to save the bad guys. I didn't, I, I, I just like, sometimes I just want to see you annihilate the bad guy. Yeah, it, it, it became a bit retready. I stopped watching most of that after the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. I was like, all right, that oh. kind of wraps things up to, to the point that I want, so I moved on. That was what I heard literally everybody say. You jumped off about where I jumped off, yeah. too. Um, so here's an interesting question. If you were to try and remake, because you, you had mentioned like uh, a Pretty in Pink series and how somebody would do it and it would be terrible. But if you were going to try and, and recast with some current people this particular, these characters, who kind of fits those roles? Who is, because it's hard to look at the movie of Pretty in Pink and think of anybody other than John Cryer and Molly Ringwald. But I know who, who I would today, have for Molly Ringwald. Okay, who would be Molly your current Ringwald, Molly Ringwald? But, uh, would be Ethan Hawke's daughter from Stranger Things. I forget her first name. Oh, Maya Hawke. Uh, Maya Hawke would be Molly Ringwald. Okay, I can she, see that. She would nail that character. She looks like that character. She just has this kind of happy-go-lucky, but there's something kind of underneath all that. I think she would be a great casting for that. For the guys, I don't know. I, 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 
I'm kind of bat Mel. Who would you, who would you say would be like modern day John Cryer? I'm really not up on a whole lot of modern actors. I also feel like we don't have a lot of that type of actor, and there's just not a lot of call for the milk toast guy. Yeah. Um. Oh. You want to put asses in seats and make a lot of people on the internet really better? Cast Tom Holland and Zendaya. <laughs> oh no, no, no! But it would work. Stop it would. Two. It would market well. Uh, honestly, though, I don't hate. I that. think them both. I think I'm they play the characters both. really well. In all honesty. Yeah, I don't hate that. But, but, I mean, especially but, Zendaya, but I actually think would... she could do the offbeat thing really well for today. But who would play? Would he be John Cryer or would he be the rich kid? He could do both, honestly. He'd be the rich he, kid. I want somebody twerpier to play John Cryer. Yeah. Somebody just he completely could do dorky. Both. He could do either, but I would have him be the rich kid and, and actually make that character have some personality. Yeah. Because yes. part of part of my issue with Pretty in Pink and why I, I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it, was there's just this inconsistency. Like, why does she like him? And then she gets a date with him. It goes fine. But then he just stops calling her and we don't really get a reason for it. And then she confronts him about it and yells at him about it. And he like, there's no communication between the two of them that yeah. could have solved 99% of the issues in this movie would be just communicating. Oh. I know who Uh-oh. I want to cast. I know who I want to cast Aiden oh, Gallagher. Boy. I want to cast five. Oh, the guy from Umbrella from, Academy. Uh, Umbrella Academy. Okay, all right. It would Kid? be different. He, he, would... he could be a little snarky. It would be fun. He would be a great ducky. He actually said in an interview that he's far too silly for five. I want to see how silly he can get. I love would... Aiden Gallagher. He would be a good ducky. I, 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 I kind of. If he was a little older, is how yes, old is he I, now? Like no, he's 15? eighteen. He's eighteen. He's He's 18 years there old you now. Okay. You should watch the new season. He wears a suit. He looks much older. Okay. Yeah, no, I could go with that. I could roll with that. Okay. I, he, would be, he would be good. As soon as I said that, now I'm like, oh, maybe this series would work. <laughs> but she'd have to end up with Ducky. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, honestly, it would. But I think if you did, like, I want to explore, like I said, I want to explore that family dynamic of, like, her parents and how all that went. Because I have a feeling, like I said, her dad was kind of ducky in high school, I feel like. He just, there's something yeah. he identifies with Phil a little bit. So it's like, what was her mom like? Her mom had to have been, she had to have gotten some stuff from her mom because her mom was around yeah. until, what, 15? I think, because yeah, she's been yeah. gone for three yeah, years. So I have this weird thing about like who her mother was because they don't really talk about her. I imagine the mom was this very outgoing kind of hippie-ish type woman who is just very like on the fly and like live and she just ended up having a family and she couldn't handle it adam like that's i'm about to be very happy that i made you watch twilight because i'm about to come here make a twilight comparison (laughs) it's like charlie and renesmee or renesmee that's the child charlie and renee yeah. She just like had a child, tried to settle down, realized it did not work at work for her at all. And she's like, I have to be a butterfly. I'm going to fly away. I'm sorry. You're so sad, my dear. Goodbye. Yeah. And you, you bring her back her halfway was... through the episode. You you bring her halfway through the series. You bring her in and she probably would like kind of just rock everyone's world, kind of reset she the would have no idea bit. what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Like she would have no awareness Realizing of the fact how, that she was. Bro- how broken she made everybody. 
Yes. Because she just doesn't care. She she's just this happy. Or it's just not something that would ever even yeah, crossed her yeah. mind. Like she That's funny. I, I like that. I like that choice. <laughs> Molly Ringwald could play that character. Oh, she'd be Bring perfect. Molly for Ringwald. It. She could play the mom. Yeah. That would be great. I, I bet I'll she would a, love to do that. Pink. Take a pretty in pink series. She would. Guys, are I we gonna totally. take a show? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start writing it. I'll be right. Yep. <laughs> We we gotta we gotta get on that now and get ahead of the curve on it. No, uh, yeah, because everybody's gonna hear this. I mean, exactly. Forget it. <laughs> it's, just, it's already too late. It's probably already somebody it's out in the world. It. Yep. Um, <laughs> somebody writing at their laptop right now. I mean, in in the in the in the pantheon of John Hughes movies, I'm not like for me this. Granted, he didn't direct it again, but look, when he writes a movie, his fingerprints are all over it. Like this is very much a John Hughes film. Yeah. Um. It's this one doesn't rank as high for me as, as some others. Like you mentioned breakfast club. Um, the great outdoors is one I love because I just love that movie. Planes, trains and automobiles it's... is one of my favorite movies period. And it's such a good Yeah, That movie is near perfection. It really is. Right. Plus it's one of the few Thanksgiving themed movies that we get. So like yeah. I watch I've it every year. I've never seen around. that all the way through. Oh, it's so good. Every oh. time it hasn't been on in a while. It was you one watch. of those movies that my dad had to turn off when I came in when I was younger. <laughs> oh no, we're going to, I'm going to recommend that around Thanksgiving. That movie That's is exciting. perfection. It is, if you don't cry by the end of that movie, there's something wrong with you. That what? movie it's, is so good. It is, it is the, it, it's the pinnacle or it's, it's, it shows how much the chemistry between your actors is important. In a comedy, especially Steve Martin and John Candy are so good in that movie, and so good together. I love their scenes together. Oh, it's Impro- it's just amazing. I don't know how much of that is improvised, but they, those guys are comedy master, masters, no matter what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, John John Candy is. I oh, I remember the day he died. Oh yeah, I was homesick from school, and they announced it, and I was more sick after I heard that news and I was so sad. I just remember sitting in front of my television. I started weeping a little bit. My mom's like, what's the matter? Is it the cold? I'm like, no, John Candy died. And she's like, ooh. And I'm like, mom, god damn it. (laughs) I was was so sad that John Candy died that day. He was so excellent in everything he did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was the modern day like Chris Farley, but oh yeah, it, but he was. I a, actually, was I mean, the man was though. a JFK for God's sakes. He really had a talent that was not tapped into. Oh, no, sorry, I, I went off on a tangent <laughs> there. <laughs> but but I will say that Pretty in Pink is good, and I think it's worth watching. And there's definitely moments yes. in it. Just just go and kind of have the ex. Don't. Don't think that you're going to get something super profound with it. Like it's not that movie. Oh, it, it's still teenage BS at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. Oh my it's, god. It's it's teenagers thinking they're a lot older than they actually are. Ten yeah. times but during this a... movie, like something went on for them, and I was able to like look back at my like ten years past stuff and go, "Oh my god, this was all so stupid." <laughs> no. But it but it's a it's a well structured film. It's. It, it's a good watch. I mean, I watched it twice today. Mm-hmm. I got it and it, it, it didn't bother me either watch, you know, like and it's one also time like, it's the foundation of a trope. Like it feels like I took film education just now. Like I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can think of at least three different things that I've seen that are based on this. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, between it's I a mean, good movie. between this and Sixteen Candles, which is pro- probably why I conflate them so much. Um, yeah, they're very similar. But you know, it it definitely did create a lot of those tropes. And Sixteen Candles is more the cartoon version of it. it it's the more like John Hughes being silly. Yes, like like his weird science days and, and mm-hmm. Home Alone even. Where Sixteen Candles is him writing characters, Breakfast Club style, you know, yeah. and yeah. that's the difference. He could either go, I'm going to write serious teenagers who are fun to watch, they're great on screen, or I'm writing a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And this was the serious version to the cartoon version, which you know, is Sixteen Candles. I mean, because for God's sakes, Long Duck Dong. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, that alone. Also, the panties thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All of that, and, and no, never happened. Like this is taking those <laughs> concepts and and refining them and making them more of like universally appealing. Yeah. And something yeah. that you can yeah. that like anybody can watch, and there's nothing, nothing in this movie goes too far. I feel like, you know, maybe, no, no. maybe some of it needed that. I it, I don't even know if it does, but like. It's amazing to have I that I can does. I can it's it's interesting that I can say nothing in this movie goes too far and Andrew Dice Clay is involved. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay, I I have to say I enjoyed him in this movie. Oh, he was they're great. They're eating, they're just eating chips. He's like, you know why I'm not letting you in this bar, right? Because you're not cool enough. And he's like doing the cigarette it takes him 20 minutes to light a cigarette in that one shot <laughs> i know where he's like he pulls a, a cigarette out in this movie are just cigarette they are he, like they don't the understand how they work you, you don't light a cigarette the fact that he was in this i mean he was a nobody at the time you know? yeah it, it's just so it's so weird it was like ice is in this movie i'm like the last night saw him was like Woody, oh, Woody Allen movie, like Blue Jasmine, I think it was the last time I ever saw him work. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is, I mean, I had a good time with the movie overall. I didn't it love is. it. I'm not going to, I'm not rushing to watch it again, but I had a good time with it. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I totally, uh, wholeheartedly agree with that. Well, Next time I, I'm home with my parents and idly scrolling through the cable channels like I used to do, if I see it on one of the TV channels, I'll put it on. There you go. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that both of you got to finally see it, and I'm I'm really glad that you both enjoyed it. Um, Me too. That's always and thank you for having us on. Well, thank yeah, you thank for, you for being us. on. I I have been wanting to have you on for actually a little while, so I finally was like got around to getting a hold of you, and and I'm glad that I did. This was a lot of fun. Now you have a show that has kind of a similar premise to this one. Yes, we do. Yes, yes. Basically, we have we... Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old and she's young. Well, I'm for as I like to say, I'm forty something, and she's twenty six, and she has not seen a lot of the stuff I've seen, and I just never gave a lot of the stuff that she likes a chance. So we decided to start just recommending movies to one another and made a podcast. There's several about weeks it. of like arguing in the office over no foundation <laughs> of the same, the, oh, yeah. no agree, not agreeing on the same current movies at all. <laughs> you don't even want to get us on Spider-Man. Like, oh, whenever boy. something new Marvel comes out in the theaters, the next week, we, we have to just come in on Monday ready to just... 
not uh, like literally we're very nice to each other but like uh, we we could loud. do a we could do a three-part segment on just like multiverse of madness like just my feelings and hers like are completely different oh boy but but that's that's what makes watch, the show fun you know when we watch, watch movies that we god when we watch movies that we used to like we actually tend to agree on a lot more stuff we do like at the end of the day when we sit down and we really kind of hash it out we have very similar taste and and that's what i kind of love about our show is as much as like i'll recommend something to her thinking this is gonna rock her world and like people like no it sucked and i'm like we did the mummy a couple weeks ago and i i remember loving that movie and then she's like this sucks I was like, you're right, it kind of does. Like, the first hour <laughs> no, kind of sucks. The last hour is great. That first hour is boring as sin. I mean, really. But that's that's kind no, of our show saying? is. It's just like, is it. kind of having fun, like, with each other's opinions. And just, I get her younger take. She gets my old man curmudgeon take. And I think it's probably we watch one of your movies from the past and like I look at things and I'm like, this is gay, this is gay. When we watched Top Gun, I was like, this is insane. This is Oh, insane. that whole movie is an allegory of, of, of just gay culture. I also love when you told when you showed me swingers, you warned me like five times before I saw it. You were like, You're probably not gonna like this. It's super misogynistic. Like I, I'm prepared for you to give it a low rating. I love swingers. I've watched it three times since we watched it. It was so she fun. Surprises it was just guys and then I'll surprise her because I liked what it, like what a girl wants, and she's like, "Are you kidding me? You liked what a girl wants?" I'm like I liked it. I thought it was charming. What? Do you oh, think? and because we just watched Pretty in Pink, the next recommendation I give you is going to be it's the Hillary Duff's the Cinderella story now. Oh, like that's you're gonna have to watch that. <laughs> it was gonna um, happen eventually. Anyway. I mean, you're welcome. I guess. <laughs> I'll I'll take the assist if you like on what that. What a girl wants. You're gonna like this. <laughs> Well, there you, you go. Know, we have and fun. so, any conversion <laughs> well, listeners, you if you're yeah. my age and you want to find movies that you missed, you can listen. Or if you're Adam's age and you want to get a new perspective on movies that you didn't give a chance, you can also listen. Or just listen if you're none of that and you like to have fun. Did you watch a podcast? That's what we do. There you go. <laughs> also, read com because we are journalists about entertainment on there. And if you like our takes here, then you'll probably like our takes on the news. Yeah, We write for a company called NSTARS. Okay. Uh, That's with a Z. Com. And uh, with a Z, yeah. <laughs> it's important. And we, that's that's how we just, like, we hooked up. We were just like, hey, we both write about this stuff, but we have vastly different opinions. We should do a show. And that's pretty much what happened. And and I really like and that. that's our story, folks. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like that concept because it is interesting to – like look at something from, and that's part of why I started this show is to get somebody to see something that either like pass them by or they keep getting told they need to see it. And it, you know, it might be something like this, which is for almost 40 years old. How does it stand up today? Is it still enjoyable? Is it something that you can watch? Or, uh, I've watched some stuff recently. Like, uh, I had some friends, uh, um, come on miles and drew from the more you nerd and they brought me an anime movie called Redline that I had never even heard of before. Oh, and I was I've blown away. of Redline. I was blown away. It was amazing. And it's not like it's not anything I ever would have sought out. So I love that idea of bringing bringing stuff to somebody else and getting those different opinions and and 
the fact that you can clash with opinions, but still like have a good conversation about it. And you don't just have to yell and be like, you're dumb because you're young or you're, you're an old man. Now I, I can understand both of those arguments, but at the same time have the conversation and that's the best part. Yeah. I mean, we just did uh fan of the opera, the 2004 Joel Schumacher, Gerard, Butler Oh yeah. Phantom. I had not watched and, that in a bit. <laughs> oh man. We, we have some fun of an episode. Like, I, I saw that thing and I, I didn't know who half the cast was. And she's like, just watch this. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I had a blast. I had a good time. It, it's not my favorite movie, but you know what? It, it, I never would have watched it without this show. Yep. Sometimes I think that's what's so fun about it. I feel like there's so much stuff out there that it's like, I just keep returning to the same stuff I know because the sea of stuff that I don't know is so vast. How do I begin? I yeah. like yeah. stuff like this that gives me a reason. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'm the same way. It's it's you end up with choice paralysis because there's just so much out there. So I like having some of these shows where it forces me to go back and either go back and watch something or check out something new. Um, so I'm I'm with you on that. So made you watch a podcast? That's awesome. And definitely, if you if if you're listening to this and you like this show, I'm sure you're gonna love that one. So check it out and listen to the two of them argue over whatever whatever movie. By the way, the Mummy. <laughs> The mummy is 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 fine. It's not great. Uh, they get worse because Stephen Summers has this thing where he's just like, "I'm just going to make the movie that I want to make, and and physics be damned." Um, there's a moment in The Mummy Returns where uh, Brendan Fraser's character has to run to the to a pyramid before the sun hits it in the morning, and Thank listening you. listening to the commentary from that, Stephen Summers is like, "Yeah, so so." Basically, at this point, it's uh, he has to outrun the sun, and it's my movie. So if I need him to outrun the sun, uh, he he can he can run faster than that. That's fine. Like that's his theory. So the first mummy though does have a, a certain charm to it that I really enjoy. And beyond that, eh, less so. It was a it was a piece. It's also very she much. Hasn't seen, she hasn't seen the other two. The oh. uh, the. Hey, yeah, I want to show her the second one only because all those great characters are kind of solidified and they're just doing what they do. Mm-hmm. There's too much buildup to them in the first movie that you, you like you don't get to know them until about a, an hour in. Now that See, they're established, once you get to that rock part, the, the, the scene with the rock with that really bad animation. Oof. Oh, my God. I just want to watch her. I want to watch her watch that. I, I do I too. I think it'll honestly. blow her mind. <laughs> if I go in knowing it's camp from the start, like an own director camping on himself, <laughs> then I will. I am sure I will have a great time. I thought going into it because of its reputation in in just like circles, I thought the Mummy was going to be a capital F film, and I was very confused for like forty five minutes. <laughs> The mummy is like if you took Indiana Jones and turned the silliness up, like you made it sillier. There's, there's a say that on the episode, like the vibes of the Princess Bride. Yeah, yep. that's that's a good way to put it. That's not a bad way of putting it. Yeah, (laughs) but even even with all that, I still if you if you watch the Mummy Returns, you have to have a webcam on yourself because we need to see the reaction to that that moment, and you'll know what it is. 
You'll when it happens, you'll know. Yes. I actually I think I'm going to start recording because we've been talking about this for a while. I think I'm going to start recording all of my actions and like putting them on TikTok or Instagram or something because like it's it's sometimes I say strange and entertaining things while I watch and sometimes Sam and I scream at the TV. You never know what's going to happen. It's perfect. That's a great <laughs> idea. That's a that's a brilliant idea. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you, Adam and Melanie, for being on this week. This was super fun. We'll Travis have to do this song, again, Travis. definitely. Well. Indeed, Travis. Definitely. Um, if you enjoy this show and you want to watch it recorded live, you can do that Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash Travis. And the show comes out on Wednesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the easiest way to find it is tvstravis.com because I gave the title punctuation and, and all sorts of stuff and made it terribly unsearchable. Um, so, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not good at this marketing thing, but uh, tvstravis.com slash subscribe. You can, you can listen to it on any of your podcast players. Next week, uh, I am showing somebody Avatar for the first time. Oh. Uh, Adam wrote two articles about Avatar I've this been, week. I've been, I've, been, uh, I've been a little mean to uh, James. <laughs> they were very angry. I had to edit uh, I've been, both of them. Kind of a, I've been kind of a, a dick to him lately. Like so my articles. I, I have, kind of I have some thoughts on this. I'm really curious to see a first-timer watching Avatar right now. Uh, so that'll be yeah it'll it'll curious i'm curious a person watching it on a television nowadays yeah it don't it don't look that good (laughs) it'll be it'll be interesting so that's next week uh and um we're getting ever closer to august and cage of palooza 2022 where it's all nick cage all month um so far i have two uh movies booked i'm going to be watching moonstruck and city of angels this year uh neither of which i have seen before so i'm one is a great comedy one is an excellent soundtrack let's put it that way (laughs) so stay tuned and find out what other movies are going to be watched uh in august for all nick cage all the time for the fourth year now (sighs) can't believe this is the fourth time it's crazy what a tradition (laughs) i love i'm assuming you've seen the unbearable weight of massive talent no, that is possibly one of the movies this year. If not, I might hold it off for next year. It's it's tough to say, but I definitely want to I mean, see it's it. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. I look forward Either to way. it, sir. Uh, so that's what's coming up. And um, yeah, uh, thank you both for being here this week. This has been great. Um, until, Thanks for having us. Until next week, until Avatar. Uh, this has been Wait You Haven't Seen. Things are getting better, but we still got to be excellent to each other. All right. Listen, I may be able to work out a deal where either one or the both of you could be pregnant by the holidays. What do you say?